0: Can you hear me? Yep. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Uh, so uh, so let me pray for us. Uh, Jeff and uh, Hunter are hunting today, and so I'm going to do the announcements, and then we have a special speaker, uh, a ministry that we've been involved with from what I know for a couple years, and he's going to give us an update and share about what's going on, so uh, I'm excited about that. And so um, so let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house with your people, Lord, uh, with your word, and, uh, and God, and I just pray that everything that we do here today would be a sweet-smelling aroma to your throne room. Uh, Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done through us, through your Son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you, God, that you're willing to continue to save people today. We lift up your people in Israel, Lord, and the struggles and the things that's going on uh, with, the, with your people over there. And we just pray, God, for discernment and protection. And we pray, to God, that your will be established uh, on earth just like it is in heaven, Lord. And we know that you wasn't blindsided. We know that, God, it, uh, nothing happens without uh, it coming to you and asking you permission. So, Lord, we just ask you that you'd have your way with this world. And we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go ahead and take a few minutes and greet uh, your neighbor.
1: I think this is what Ace
2: starts playing and you just start singing, right?
3: Yeah. Um, so.
0: seat and we'll just do announcements so first off I just wanted to say I didn't get a chance to tell you last week but uh, Kim and I really appreciate uh, what you've done for us and it means a lot to us we read those cards and stuff and we are so grateful to be here with you Uh, it's a privilege it's an honor to be with here uh, be back here with you guys and I just hope you know how much we appreciate you Um, we love you we love you and also, too, is uh, I want to say thank you for last Sunday. Uh, all of us, uh, all of you that came out to Nikki and Crystal's and um, were able to help out uh, with uh, their situation, load up all that stuff. Uh, it was good. It was a good afternoon. And then uh, I talked to Nikki this morning. And it looks like. Uh, we might be going back out there in a couple weeks so if you're interested i'll make sure and have brother jeff announce it or whatever and give you a heads up or whatever but i think we were only out there like two and a half maybe no more than three hours and we got a lot done um in that amount of time so thank you for that and so uh so mike freeway is back to normal this week mike simons yep so freeway uh you know uh this saturday 5:30 30 uh, is dinner Six o'clock is service, you know. And if you want to, uh, this week, why don't you try to invite somebody that you've either invited before, maybe somebody you've never invited at all? Uh, I guarantee you, they're going to be fed well, and uh, and the main thing is is they're going to hear the gospel. And so, I I think that you know, all of us, if we just invited one person and brought them with us, uh, this is the most loving church that that we've we've been a part of, and they will definitely feel loved. They'll definitely hear that God wants to save them like he saved us. And again, uh, it's just a great time. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, s- uh, 6 o'clock is dinner. And downstairs, uh, classes are at 645 up here. I'm not sure what I'm going to be teaching on this week, but we'll we'll be learning something. And then, uh, and then also, if you're interested in the prayer team, it meets at 6 o'clock in this side room over here. And then men's and men and women's bible study is tonight at six o'clock uh, so that's on schedule uh shoebox ministry list uh, on the overhead yes and uh, i forget what sierra said that the toys do I need a lot of toys, you know, and obviously when you're purchasing those, uh, they have to be fairly small so they can fit in the shoebox with everything else. So if you can bring some toys, uh, it would be a, it would be really good. And then Grief Share, uh, Thursday nights, I just talked to Stephanie this morning. She said it's going really good. So every Thursday night from 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock here at the church, Um, If you're interested in that, uh, if you know somebody that's grieving the loss of a loved one, uh, it would be a good place to get them plugged into. They don't even have to be coming to this church. Uh, This is just an opportunity for for them to be be loved on, be around people that uh, they have lost somebody they cared and loved about as well, and so uh, invite them. And then then also grief share, surviving the holidays. Um, That is November 18th from 10... 10 a.m. to 12. And then uh, we have a video, David, video to watch.
4: My sister in law died in August. From August until Thanksgiving, we just went back to life as we knew it. And the longer I went, feeling scared and being not letting myself grieve or feel joy. I started to close myself off to people, um, isolate myself more, wasn't being honest with people about what I was feeling, wasn't being honest with myself either, and that just made everything worse. One would think you really should start to feel better and get on with life. You're supposed to be joyful and there was no joy in my world.
5: Intense sadness comes with the holidays after the loss of a loved one. It leaves you wondering how you will survive the holidays this year. Are you dreading this season knowing that everything has changed and that happy memories from past years can't be recreated? It might not seem possible, but the day will come when you will be able to enjoy the holidays again. At Surviving the holidays Seminars, you hear personal stories from those who lost a loved one and teaching from grief experts on how to journey through this season. This is one step you can take to get the support you need.
4: It can feel really disingenuous to talk about what you're thankful for when you're hurting so badly over losing somebody. And I actually want people to have the freedom to say, that's hard, it's hard to do that. And so there's a bit of a balancing act there. I can have good in my life, but still struggle in the moment to be thankful. I can know that right now I don't feel thankful, but a week from now I may, and two weeks from now it'll get better.
1: I think maybe too much silence can just leave people to suffer alone, when everybody is suffering. So it's better to walk through it together than pretend like we're not walking through it at all.
5: Our Surviving the Holidays event provides you with a safe and supportive space to help you navigate the challenges of the season. During the two-hour event, you'll be welcomed by caring people who truly understand what you're going through. Watch a 35-minute video that's filled with practical holiday survival tips and the real-life stories of people who have courageously navigated the season after their loved one's death and hear from other event attendees who will share how they are dealing with the holidays.
4: First, I was a little skeptical, because I thought, well, I don't know if I really want to go somewhere everybody's just going to be crying. You know, that would just be too hurtful. But it wasn't like that at all. I mean, I really um, just got so much out of it. it was such an encouraging, supportive group. What I found was a group of people with a common denominator of loss. I belonged and I was exactly where I was supposed to be.
5: If you're ready to receive helpful guidance, connect with people who understand and find ways to honor your loved one this season, we invite you to join us at a Grief Share Surviving the Holidays event. Find a Surviving the Holidays seminar near you at
0: griefshare.org holidays. Amen. It's a, it's a well-needed ministry. So again, grief, grief Share Surviving the Holidays is November 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, oh, sorry. Amen. And Stephanie, the the grief share of surviving the holidays that's here at the church as well. Okay. All right. Thank you. And then also next Sunday, November fifth, we have a business meeting right after morning service. And then uh, also next Sunday we have a Thanksgiving dinner at five p.m. Man, it's going to be amazing. Right? Seems like every week we're doing some awesome, amazing stuff here. Uh, it's grateful Uh, we have a new member class it starts the first week of december so if you want to become a member of this church right we want we want you to know uh you know what we believe and you should want to know what we believe uh you should be digging in to find out what that is this class is going to be able to teach you that uh and because everything is grounded in scripture uh there is no women's breakfast this week uh and then also too is uh, we have some discipleship certificates uh that we want to hand out. So if you've been a part of the discipleship, uh, whether you've been the disciple, er, and you've been the disciplee, and you're graduating, come on up. Come on up this morning, Dana. Dana and Steve. Yeah, we. I tell you, discipleship is a main thing. What we what we do here at this church, we truly believe in fulfilling the Great Commission.
1: I have to say these two are great we had uh steve voicing the people in the bible at one point and that was awesome but uh, i have to say if you haven't been discipled it's awesome but discipling others is even more awesome it was such a blessing these two are uh, such a blessing to us and we've become closer through this and if uh if anybody needs to be discipled just holler and we're they're available and so are we so
2: yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think we started in February, maybe, and just finished up now, so we were meeting <laughs> for quite a while. It was a lot of fun, and um, they would be great disciples if anyone's interested. I just want to say thank you guys so much. Um, Jean and I spent so much time together, just the two of us, and it was awesome
3: for like the four of us to be able to spend a lot of time together, too, and go out to eat and just enjoy our time together. So, it was amazing.
6: Yes, truly, truly an amazing uh, experience, and we just really appreciate that you guys helped us walk us through that, uh, all that learning. We just learned so much. Thank you.
1: Well, Mike here, in uh, his discipleship walk, we took a long journey, didn't we? He he started early on with, with some people, and then... Uh, that didn't work, or and then we had a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Then we had lots of surgeries, yeah, yeah. but eventually we got her done, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So, uh, Mike, here is uh, your certificate, and I'm uh, really, I'm really impressed with how you, you stayed the course, mm. and you went through some terrible things some hard things, you know, in, in this motorcycle accident. But you you stayed the course, you wanted to finish, and, and we finished. Yeah, so, yeah, congratulations.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to thank you for all your time. It was great, very much of a learning experience. And it was a lot of growth throughout the whole thing. Yeah.
0: And being able to see where I can apply everything that I've learned and put it into application
1: (laughs) all righty and also he even attended our discipleship downstairs for a period of time with danny and me and max and so we've all had a hand in this so (laughs) here we go amen
0: give them all a hand yeah give them all a hand yeah it takes it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of time and that's one thing you can't manufacture is time And so the the people that chose to disciple these people, they they carved out some time out of their schedule, and they committed to that uh, through the process, and then the people that were being discipled, right, it's not, to them, it's not about a certificate. If I asked any one of those three people, is it about a certificate, they would say no, right? Discipleship is about learning more about Jesus, and by learning more about Jesus, you learn more how to be more like him in your daily life. And so it's just amazing. We're a church that, that makes disciples, and those disciples make other disciples. And, and we just continue to keep on doing that over and over and over again. We're fulfilling that great commission. So it's amazing. It's amazing. And so uh, let me pray for our morning offering. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just are grateful to be able to be in a position, Lord, to be able to give back to your kingdom, Lord. We ask you, God, to use it for your purposes, for your plans, uh, Lord, to, to be able to help us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, you say that you love a cheerful giver. And, God, we are so grateful of how good that you've taken care of us. And it's a, it's a privilege, Lord, to be able to give back. And I just pray for all the leadership here at your church, uh, that, Lord, we would be good stewards with everything that you've given us, Lord. And, again, we would keep the one thing, the main thing, and that's using everything that we have to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask you to bless this offering in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. seat if you want. And so, uh, so this morning we got a uh, pastor, Austin Baker, that's going to speak. It's a ministry that uh, this. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Never mind.
2: It's good. So um, the song that we're going to sing is Holy Spirit. And it's a song about the presence of the Lord the Holy Spirit and um, some of the words um, it says your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord I just want to encourage you that if you have not experienced the presence of the Lord then go to a quiet place and get with him and experience it there is nothing in this world that will satisfy you like he does um, there's a verse in Mark, um, Mark 1:35. It says, "Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed." This is our example. He wanted to be, um, he wanted to get his day right first. And I don't speak from a place of perfection on this, so it's for all of us that um, we need to make time for the Lord every day. Hopefully, at the beginning. So the rest of the day will be perfect uh, the way that, that it should be. Um, obviously, it won't be perfect, but so it's in order. And we uh, ask God to place it all that way. So, okay.
3: There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is. Un- Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord.
0: Thank you, ladies. Sorry about that. So uh, so let me introduce uh, Pastor Austin Baker. So this is a ministry that we've been involved with for quite some time. And so I, I believe he's going to give us an update, tell, tell us about what uh, he's doing in the ministry that uh, the Lord's called him to do. So please give him a, a, a welcome.
6: All right. Well, thank you all for having me here today. I'm excited to be back here at CrossBridge. And uh, yeah, I'm Austin Baker, I'm with School to the Nations in Ozark, and uh, I, I, love, I love Crossbridge, I love what you guys are doing, I've been kind of watching uh, from afar, and uh, I contacted Jeff and I said I'd love to come uh, back and share uh, what you guys are a part of. And uh, what I'm going to focus on today is mostly uh, just the great commission work uh, that uh, we're doing at School to the Nations and that you guys are a part of here, but uh, let me pray for you guys to start and then we'll get, we'll get rolling from there. Lord, thank you for this congregation. Uh, Thank you for their commitment to uh, preaching the word and discipleship and missions. And uh, Lord, you know that uh, as they remain faithful uh, to what you've called them to do, uh, there's going to be resistance. So I pray that uh, you just uh, continue to help uh, this church grow uh, uh, closer to you in those times. And uh, I pray that uh, we just continue this work. Uh, You help us continue this work that you've called us to do. And uh, we just thank you for our time together. Uh, Lord, just uh, pray that you'd speak through me. And, uh, yeah, just bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, this great task that I'm referencing today is the Great Commission. It may not be new to you, uh, but this is in Matthew 28:19 through 20. I'm just going to share this because it's always a good reminder uh, for the Great Commission. And it'll be up on the screen as well. It says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, this set of verses is so crucial for so many reasons. Uh, Whenever you hear the word nations in the Bible, right, whenever we, we think of nations, we think of, you know, Canada, Mexico, Spain, things like that. But these nations in the Bible, it's referring to uh, the word ethnos in Greek, which means people groups. These are a group of people that share a common language, uh, you know, ethnicity, things like that. And there's a a lot of people groups all over the world. And in Acts 1-8, you know, we know that we're not only supposed to get the gospel to the people groups here in southwest Missouri, not only here, but also across the U.S. and across the world. Okay, And these verses are the last verses in Matthew, the commission that, uh, was given to the disciples as the resurrected Christ he uh, died on the cross he was raised from the grave, and he told the disciples to go and share the gospel before he ascended and He also told me be with them as they went. Now a form of the great commission can be found in each of the four gospels, and language about sharing the gospel with the nations with these people groups uh, can be found all over the Bible uh, i think i 've got a slide here with some examples. Uh, that we can look through, or you can look through later if you'd like. But um, from Genesis to Revelation, you can see God's love for the nations and how one day when this great commission is complete, when every people group has been reached, there will be true believers uh, worshiping around the throne. And like I said previously, the beautiful thing about this commission is that God calls his people to be a part of getting the gospel uh, to these people groups. And he calls each of us in different ways. Uh, For me, he's called me to go and work directly with some of the most unreached of the unreached around the world. But in order to do this work, we need churches and individuals to lock arms with us uh, and send us to these places. There's not a magical pot of resources that we can pull from uh, to get to these places, but this is what your church is doing. You guys have been sending me out uh, for the last couple years. I am your missionary and, uh, and I'm proud to be called that. I'm so thankful for you guys, and you're, I'm so thankful to have a church sending me, uh, like I said, that has a commitment to preaching the gospel, has a commitment to nations, uh, to missions, uh, a commitment to discipleship. I'm so thankful for you all. And what I want to focus on today is not only show you what you're a part of, but also invite you to go deeper uh, with this ministry in terms of prayer, Okay. And I'll show you, hey, you can be involved in that, but before we uh, before we do that, I want I want you to think about this question because it's one that uh, I have to check myself on often, and the uh, question is, how is your heart towards lost people, both locally and for people around the world? Do you ever think about what will happen to those that are lost? If you aren't sure, pray and ask God to reveal this to you, and I say this not to step on your toes, but because I've been in a point in my walk with Christ where Uh, you know, a missionary would come with us, or come to our church, and share with us, and I'd think, oh, that's cool, and then nothing would change in my day-to-day walk, okay, but then one day, God broke my heart for the lost, okay, he broke my heart for the nations, Uh, it was revealed to me that there are billions and billions of people uh, around the world who have little or no access to gospel, to the gospel, Uh, tons of people dying each day that have never heard the name of Jesus, and when I heard about this, I started to pray to God. I asked him to use the gifts that he's given me to get the gospel to the nations. And uh, he answered those prayers. I didn't have all the answers at the time. But he made it clear I was to take a step of faith and to go to get the, the gospel to the nations. And I want to show you this map here. This is a map of people groups around the world. And this green, these green dots, that's what's considered a reached people group. And uh, according to uh, the IMB where I got this map from... If more than 2% of the population are uh, evangelical Christians, they're considered reached. And a lot of times they have in these reached people groups, Bibles uh, that are translated in their language, resources, churches, missionaries. And this accounts for about 3.3 people, uh, 3.3 billion people on earth. But this next map is uh, orange and red groups, okay? Orange means that the work has started. They've got a missionary there or... Uh, You know, a small group of Christians, uh, but they're less than 2% uh, considered evangelical Christians. Uh, A lot of times they don't have Bibles, resources, maybe not even a church, uh, other Christians in their area, things like that. And the red group uh, means that nobody is engaging these people groups that we know of. Uh, There's not native believers or missionaries from outside that area sharing. And this accounts, with the orange and red together, about 4.8 billion people uh, across the earth. I've got some more statistics for you. Um, out of uh, these uh, 4.8 billion unreached people, uh, we do have uh, $42 trillion that uh, anybody that says that they're a Christian, uh, they make about $42 trillion as a whole. $700 billion of that is given to Christian causes, so it could be organizations, churches, things like that. About $90 billion is embezzled every year, and then $45 billion goes to missions. And out of that $45 billion that goes to missions, $5 billion goes to the orange groups and $450 million goes to uh, missionaries and people working with the red groups. And there are several things that can be said about these numbers. I, I was shocked the first time I saw them, but there's two things I want to focus on here. First, uh, the financial resources that are given to things that are of God, uh, that have true eternal impacts, uh, that are led by God and not by man, uh, he's going to provide for. Um, if it's his will, and he'll multiply it, too. Uh, you can look at the loaves and fishes in Matthew, the flower and oil in Elijah, and the widow in First Kings. And uh, the other thing I want to say is, Crossbridge, you're rare. You're in these rare categories, okay? You're hel- you are a part of this, getting the gospel to these orange and red groups across the world. And I want to say thank you for that. I have some more statistics for you. Um, out of these 4.8 billion unreached people, the U.S. sends out... Uh, They have around 400,000 missionaries. 100,000 of those go to the orange groups, and then about 12,000 to the red groups. But this is to be expected. In Matthew 9, 37, 38, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So one thing you can pray for, and I've seen this time and time again around the world, uh, we need more missionaries on the field. Absolutely, we need more missionaries on the field. So I want to show you all what you're a part of. Uh, I want to show you what God has called us to do at School of the Nations in terms of getting the gospel to the unreached. And uh, at our facility in Ozark, we've got several different things happening, all geared uh, towards missions. And the first thing I want to show you is our African village out here in, uh, in Ozark. And in this African village, what we do is we train uh, teams or uh, just individual missionaries that are going to West Africa West Africa is a place that is predominantly, usually uh, most of the people groups are 99% Muslim. And uh, whenever you go to a people group that is so different uh, from what you're used to, it's good to get some training on uh, cultures and customs and how to witness to uh, these people groups. We also do something similar in our Southeast Asian village uh, right here, except in this case uh, you'd be uh, learning more how to witness to uh, animist and Buddhist cultures and things like that. We also train local churches that are ready to start sending uh, groups to uh, unreached people groups around the world, and uh, we, we kind of uh, do that from start to finish and, and get them uh, uh, plugged into an unreached people group around the world. Uh, I also get to lead, I used to be a teacher before I started doing this, and I get to lead uh, cultural, and what this is is where I get to talk to kids about unreached people groups and the different cultures and how it all um, aligns with the Great Commission and things like that. We've got a ropes course as well, uh, where we train youth groups or uh, sports teams or you know anybody else that wants to do it uh, on communication and collaboration. And uh, all of these uh, different obstacles in the ropes course have a uh, biblical theme with them. And then one of my favorite things we get to do each year is International Day. So uh, all the newly arriving international students at our uh, area universities they come out to our campus. It's a missions campus, and we get all of these uh, public university students from around the world, and uh, we kind of just throw a big uh, celebration, essentially. We have food, music, fireworks, all sorts of things for them to do, but what we also do is we have uh, ministries there that set up tables that work uh, with college students and international students, and uh, we're not allowed to necessarily share the gospel at the event but what happens is those ministries start to form relationships with those kids and they have seen a lot of fruit uh, from this event over the years Uh, they've seen uh, kids saved and then go back home and and share the gospel um, with their family members so the nations are here and this is one uh, small way uh, that we're able to be a part of it here locally so we're blessed to be able to do that but the primary place where I work where I spend most of my time is making a film for unreached people groups. Uh, this is called The Hope. And we've got a studio set up in, our, in at Ozark at our facility. But we also pack it all up and travel all around the world creating this film with low budget materials and very limited time. And I want to show you what The Hope is here in a second. I've got a little video. But uh, I do want to clarify something. It will say in there, it says The Hope Uh, is created by Mars Hill Productions. Uh, Mars Hill Productions is based out of Texas. They're not in any way affiliated with the uh, church in Seattle. I just want to put that out there before, uh, you know, if you had any questions about that. But uh, if you would, go ahead and show that video, and this will explain the how and the why behind the hope.
7: Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave his followers a mission. Go, and make disciples of all nations. How are we doing with the mission? To answer this question, let's first look at the word nations. In the Bible, this word is translated from a Greek word, ethnos, which means people group. An ethnos, or nation, is a group of people who are separate from other people due to things like political boundaries, language, geography, and religion. There are about 200 countries in the world, but biblically speaking, there are as many as 16,500 nations. Researchers tell us as many as 7,000 of these nations have yet to be reached with the gospel. They have little or no Christian presence at all. Why does this matter? Because Jesus will not return until people from every nation have been reached with the gospel. And because we must be about finishing the mission Jesus gave us, Mars Hill Productions has created The Hope, a media tool uniquely designed to reach the unreached. The hope overcomes four big obstacles to reaching the unreached. Obstacle one, need for the whole story. Most unreached people groups lack an understanding of basic biblical truth. Many have no concept of one creator God or the reality of sin. A presentation that moves too quickly to Jesus can be misunderstood. For this reason, the hope follows the scarlet thread of God's great redemptive story through 36 biblical events. In 80 minutes, The Hope effectively leads a viewer down the Bible's amazing pathway. From creation to the cross of Christ. Obstacle 2. Cultural differences. Most unreached people groups are from cultures very different from ours. But The Hope bridges culture gaps. The beginning and end of the video can be easily modified with images from any culture in the world. The storytellers who set up dramatic scenes in The Hope can be switched out. The hope is culturally adaptable. Obstacle 3. Accessibility. Most unreached people groups are in places difficult to reach, either geographically or politically. The hope is shown in remote areas on compact solar-powered projectors. In regions hostile to the gospel, it is broadcast via satellite and distributed through the underground church on tiny micro SD cards. Hundreds of people around the world stream the hope online every day. The hope can go anywhere a missionary can go and many places a missionary cannot go. Obstacle four, orality. Most unreached people groups are oral cultures. Even if the Bible were translated into their own language, which in most cases it is not, they could not or would not read it. Oral cultures pass on their worldview through stories. The hope is a powerful dramatic presentation of the greatest story ever told. Currently available in nearly 70 languages, God is using the hope to reach the nations with the gospel but so many are still unreached.
6: Okay. So that's kind of the how and why behind the hope. And uh, we usually find these people groups uh, that want this film... We usually have ministry connections, and we either uh, link up with uh, large missions organizations or we uh, link up with uh, native or indigenous pastors or believers uh, in those people groups that are interested in bringing an understandable gospel to their unreached and often oral people groups. Uh, But before we move forward in the filming, we have a lot of checkpoints for them, and the reason for that is, um, one, we want to make sure they're truly unreached, Um, we want to Uh, have them involved in all the script translations, the storyteller selections, all those things, studio locations. And the film requires a lot of hard work from us, but it also requires a lot of hard work from them as well. And the reason we do that is because we want to find out if they truly want this film for their people group. Because if we make it, if we put in all this time, uh, resources, effort, all these things, and then it sits on the shelf and it doesn't go out to the people groups, it's pointless, right? We want a, uh, somebody who's truly bought into sharing the gospel. And I want to say this is just a tool, okay? The hope is just a tool. But the main goal in all this is evangelism, then discipleship, then indigenous church planting. That is our goal with this, uh, with this hope film. So uh, I want to also show you that we complete these films in one of two ways. Uh, if there's an unreached people group that doesn't have a lot of other unreached people groups around it, we pack up our 300 pounds of equipment and get on a plane and head over and make a uh, makeshift studio. And we've done this in some challenging locations. This is the, uh, the Afro-Ecuadorians okay, of Ecuador. Uh, we went there in the summer of 2022. Credible uh, credible missionaries there, Uh, there is a couple that is almost uh, 70, they're they're getting up to be 70, and they go around to seven or eight church plants each week, and they're leading them, Um, and they're the only missionaries that we know of in that area, Um, and I I was exhausted after those weeks there, um, filming, and then also going to all these church plants, but they're still, I mean, they're still doing it. Um, Then we also went to Kenya this last summer for the Pokot people. One of the most remote places I've ever been, Uh, absolutely incredible, and uh, we filmed uh, that in June and July, we were there. And then uh, also in South Dakota for the uh, Northern Plains Native Americans, Uh, that one wasn't as exotic, and it was, uh, you know, it makes it a little bit easier uh, whenever you're filming and and you need something, and there's stores around. In Kenya, you don't have that option, you just, uh, you have to make it work with what you have. Uh, but in locations that have multiple unreached people groups around them, uh, we plant what we call a studio hub. Okay, and uh, these pictures—you'll see some of these pictures up here. They're going to be blurry, and that's for a reason. Uh, since you guys live stream and things like that, I have to be careful about what I put out there. Um, but uh, not only in these studio hubs do we want them to produce adaptations of the hope, but we also are working on starting to record uh, potentially audio Bibles, worship music and uh, all these things for these unreached people groups. Because believe it or not, even out in Kenya where I was at this last summer, out in the desert, people still have cell phones, okay? Uh, Mud huts, very limited access to water, but they still have cell phones because communication is key out there. They love communicating. It's all oral communication. We also have... uh, Devices called light streams uh, that have kind of changed things completely for us Uh, we can take them out into the desert with no sort of uh, cell phone or internet connection and turn it on and it creates its own Wi-Fi signal that people can log on to and they can actually download anything we put on there we can put bibles we can put uh, worship music we can put the hope film we can put the Jesus film and uh, all of that's available just by turning on that device. It can also, uh, if it's an older phone that doesn't have a Wi-Fi signal, it's got a uh, Bluetooth plug-in and it can transfer things via Bluetooth. It can also, you can plug in a micro SD card and copy everything onto there and then hand them out. Uh, so this tool has been awesome. Uh, we actually dropped one off in Kenya while we were there. So I want to show you an example here in West Africa. Okay? We planted our first Studio Hub there. And the goal for this studio hub is to produce 10 or more adaptations of The Hope. And we usually have one person or a small team that's committed to run this studio. And uh, when God called me to this ministry in 2020, I had no filmmaking experience. Uh, I learned from scratch how to fil- film The Hope, and I'm still learning each day how to, how to get better uh, at filmmaking. So the Christians that lead our studio hubs usually don't have any experience, Uh, So I meet with them virtually and we start from the ground up and I've made a manual as well that's full of pictures and videos and simple explanations and uh, pretty much anybody can learn how to make the hope. And uh, here's where we're at with our studio hubs and filming in West Africa. uh, It'll pop up on the screen here in a minute. uh, There's a guy named Barnabas there. He's been training with me for around a year or so and they just uh, finished filming The Storytellers for their first uh, film an Unreached People group that has over 3 million people and they are 99% muslim. In Southeast Asia we planted another hub and uh they have completed filming uh, one of their storytellers and are about to start filming more. In Uganda they're working on a storyboard or a plan for the beginning and ending of their first film. And at this moment uh, a map will pop up here in a second. Uh these are all the studio hubs that we have around the world. So we have of course ours in North America. We've got one in South America that we're we're about to launch seven in Africa, and three in Asia. And uh, one thing I want to say, though, is when you work to advance the gospel, especially in some of these really, really dark areas, uh, there's spiritual warfare that happens. And uh, I I have a quote uh, from John Piper that I really like that says, Satan is mainly bent on preventing the message of the cross from being spread, from being understood. He does everything in his power to distort and silence the saving message of the cross. So opposition is to be expected, and each one of our staff staff members has experienced uh, spiritual warfare in both physical sickness and mental attacks. But you have to think our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world not only deal with that, but they also experience uh, a lot of times that if you say you're a Christian, you are shunned from your family and society. You're beaten and even killed uh, for your faith. But the good news about all this is that Satan cannot condemn believers or stop the spread of the gospel. The Great Commission is going to be completed no matter what. Okay? And so this is where I want you guys to be, uh, invite you to be more involved with this ministry in terms of prayer. Uh, I've learned this last year that uh, this work is no joke. Uh, I've walked alongside some brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone through um, just some really awful things. Um, I mean, even this la- in the West Africa hub and... Uh, I won't take too much time, because if I get away from my notes, I tend to do that. But I just want to share, like, one of our storytellers came up, and uh, she started talking. All of a sudden, her throat stopped working, and she's never had that problem before, had to go to the hospital. Uh, A month later, after they got finished, uh, they had a son just pass away unexpectedly. Uh, We've had uh, storytellers that, uh, we had a storyteller in Ecuador that he... Uh, did all the work for the Hope film, and then right afterwards his wife said, hey, uh, I'm not really a Christian. You know, I've been just faking it this whole time, and I, I'm done. I'm leaving you. And these things happen uh, all the time. Uh, not all the time, but, I mean, it seems to be, there seems to be a theme here, right? As as they move closer to advancing the gospel in these, dark, these, uh, these uh, spiritually dark areas, opposition comes. And uh, one of these places I want to share with you is Southeast Asia, one of, mo- of our most challenging fields. And like I said, I don't give the country or anything like that, and I have to be very vague. But, uh, I mean, the government is talking about kicking out all the missionaries. We're probably going to have to pack up our studio hub and things like that and get out of there. And we're praying that uh, we can finish up the two storytellers we have left in the next couple of weeks uh, just to get them out of there on time and find a new spot uh, for our studio hub. It's a civil war there, tough times. Uh, electricity will shut off for days at a time. Uh, it's a very tough place to not only live, Uh, whether you're a Christian or not, but especially if you're a Christian. Um, And then in Ecuador, we did complete this film, and it is now uh, out with the missionaries. So uh, there's lots of opportunities to pray for new believers to hear the gospel through this film and praying for those missionaries I talked about, native believers, to follow up with those that hear that this mess get saved in terms of discipleship and church planting. And then, uh, of course, praying for more missionaries to the afro ecuadorians and I want to real quick share a quote from uh, one of the missionaries that I worked with this summer. His name is David Nguko in Kenya. He said, being in the mission field, or being in the field on missions is in a real sense entering the battlefield, going out to light areas that have not been lit or have been long forgotten, and breaking through barriers that have long helped people in captivity is taking the enemy head on. And as a result, the devil fights back in many different ways, looking at the slightest loophole to attach those in the mission work or their loved ones. Prayers keep us protected and help us move on with the work. At times we're down, discouraged, beaten up, assaulted, endure the hardships, cultural differences, hunger, and breakdowns, but through the prayers of the saints we find rest in and strength in Christ to soldier on. Mission work is impossible without the prayers. And this is a missionary that is taking on... Um, the, the churches are hungry there. I mean, there's, uh, I believe, five or six church plants, and it's just like a metal shed, essentially, a 50 by 20 metal shed, but they, uh, they're they packing out that place with women and children. But they also have to take on some, some tough cultural things. Uh, women and children do 99% of the work there. The men just kind of hang out uh, underneath the shade tree. So they are uh, sharing what the gospel has to say about that. They're sharing about uh, there's uh, child marriages, there's polygamy, there's all sorts of just... Uh, uh, cultural things happening there that they're taking head on. And uh, they need prayers. And uh, we need prayers because we're walking alongside them. So uh, if you're part of the worship team, you can you can come up if you like. But I do want to uh, share this next thing. If you want to stay up on our latest prayer updates, um, there's a couple options. I've got a thing on bakermission.com. There's a spot where you can put in uh, your email. And I usually try to send out monthly newsletters to keep you up to date on uh, what's happening around the world in terms of uh, things that people need prayer for. And then we also have a private Facebook page uh, that you can request to join called Baker Family School to the Nations. And I have to be kind of vague sometimes on there, but uh, if that's something that uh, you feel God is calling you to to get more involved in terms of prayer, I would love, uh, love you all to be a part of that. So uh, thank you guys for letting me be here today. Um, I just want to close this out by saying uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and uh, you want to come talk about that, I'll be up here. Uh, if you need prayer for something, I'll be up here as well. Or if you're like, hey, I don't really know that guy, uh, you know, there's, uh, we've got uh, other pastors and elders here as well, but I'll be up here. And uh, I just want to say thank you guys for for being a part of this. Uh, it's hard work. It's not easy. But uh, there's times where I look at, at cross Uh, Crossbridge's Facebook page I'm like hey that church is with me and they're they're preaching the gospel and uh, it's just I'm I'm so blessed to be here today and uh, see you guys in person again so thank you all and uh, I appreciate it
0: Thank you pastor for sharing that today uh you know i heard a few things that stood out you know the harvest truly is plentiful but the labors are few and it's great to be a part of a ministry that is concerned about reaching people in a desert you know i mean it's amazing uh you know that uh they found a way to where you don't have to have a, a battery or whatever that you're the gospel's still getting sent out into places that if this ministry wasn't going on, uh, it wouldn't be happening where where that's taking place at. And so it's just amazing. Uh, and so uh, this morning, if you got any questions, uh, if you want to hang around a little bit up here, if you've got any questions or whatever, please come around and, and thank him for uh, what he's doing. And if you got any questions, make sure that uh, you ask him why he's here and you have those ways um, uh on facebook and uh through that ministry that you can get a hold of him or get in contact with him and keep up to date what's going on uh and how god's using them where they're at so uh let me pray for us uh heavenly father lord we just thank you lord that uh it's the power of your word lord the it's the gospel message lord that truly saves anyone and everyone and and we're just grateful god that you're in the business of saving people today just like you was two thousand years ago and you know like you've always been and so lord thank you for loving us thank you god that we're able to come alongside this ministry and uh, just seeing the effect it's having and in places lord that we can't even dream of uh, because we've never been there and Lord, we lift up all those people that you have in place over there, accounting uh, Pastor Austin. Lord, that you would give them everything they need in order to get the job done that you've called them to do. That they'd have the resources. They'd have us come alongside them in prayer. And Lord, and uh, to, we know that uh, we just ask for a hedge protection around all those people that you have there, that are putting everything on the line, Lord, uh, so they can so honor people that wouldn't be able to hear the message of the gospel are able to because you put them there so we just ask god that you'd protect them and and your word would go forth and and lord and we would see uh so much fruit from this ministry so we thank you god to where we're at today lord and and because we're here in america you've given us a great responsibility uh, maybe we're not the ones that are supposed to go out uh in a third world country but lord we are supposed to come alongside those that are And so help us do what they're doing over there. Help us do do that here in Marshfield and Springfield and and, and, and in our own country, Lord, as well, Uh, while we're reaching those people over there as well, Lord. So we thank you, God, and we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.